drive the GWM Canon CC, part of the Berwick Motor Group. On Crunch Time, the News Whip, with Tom Morris. This is when Tom likes to crack out the whips and there's a fair bit going on, Tom. Let's start in the trade realm this morning. Let's have a listen to Chris Scott talk about Asava Radigalia, who was a client of our man Scott Lucas last night. Yeah, it was great to have him back. He was, he was great in the air. Um, yeah, he's... Look, I'm really optimistic around what Asava can be um, for us. And I've been clear... I reckon from almost the day he was drafted, uh, around my optimism with him, I've, I've always rated him. I've got high hopes of what he can be. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it very closely. Pointed remarks from Chris Scott, a coach who has left Asafa Radagalia out of the team several occasions over the past couple of years. But when he plays well, he looks like not just a first-choice AFL player, but a very good AFL player, Scotty. You're his manager. We know that clubs like him. Will he be at Geelong next year? It's a good question, Tom. Uh, look, we do look after him. Yeah, uh, Chris Scott has been consistent all along uh, with how's he, how he sees him and how much he values him. He is out of contract, and I'll defer to Winston, who's having lots of conversations <laughs> with Andrew Mackey, who is the list manager at Geelong. Sarah, what do you think of Sava Radaglia's worth on the open market in terms of years? Maybe not. don't have to give us a how financial figure. How old is Sava Radaglia, Scotty? 25? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he's still got some pretty good football ahead of him, and I think he's showing glimpses this year of what he could potentially achieve down back. He'd command a four-year deal somewhere else, wouldn't uh, at he? At least, I think, at least. Yeah, he just turned 25, and um, given his best, I think so as well. Scotty, very well deflected. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, a stack of injuries yeah. across the weekend. Uh, what's the latest when it comes to the pies? Because that loss to the Hawks, it really was compounded by a bench that had three injuries in the end. Well, Nick Dacos, the corky on his knee that uh, occurred after, or as he was crunched in a marking contest, um, scans were conducted overnight. We're waiting to hear from Collingwood over the next few minutes exactly how serious this is, but clearly he was in a lot of pain and he didn't play the last, what, 15 or 20 minutes of the game. The other one is Nathan Murphy, who uh, Craig McRae said is a lower-end syndesmosis, which is at least one week, probably more, You'll get it scanned. Um, that's normally three or four weeks, isn't it, Scotty? I would have thought. I mean, because even though it's a, a low grade, a syndesmosis is generally not a week. It's, no. You'd think it's three or four. That without... sounds like an oxymoron to me. Yes. It does. Uh, like, that's what Craig A syndesmosis are serious. Yes. Like, by virtue, once you describe it as that, you're missing a decent chunk of football, yep. I would think. So Billy Frampton won't play VFL today as a result of Nathan Murphy's Injuries, some other injuries, quite a few concussions, and this is a very topical point at the moment in the AFL. Jacob Hopper was concussed on Friday night, so he won't play in round 22. Anthony Scott was concussed as well for the Dogs. Um, and uh, and last night we thought that Todd Marshall might have been concussed. This was a really tense moment, I imagine, for Port Adelaide, but he came back on and he's okay. I'd imagine they would be taking no risks in that space. Another friend of the show, guys, uh, <laughs> Kane Corns mentioned... Uh, and I was listening to him over the weekend, and he makes an excellent point. I think it's something they've got to do sooner rather than later, that when the player goes off for assessment, the sub needs to be activated yes. so that it takes a time, the time pressure 
it becomes virtually non-existent because you're not one down on the bench. You still have your four, and then you can accurately assess that player without any form of pressure. Why is that not the case? I feel I, like I it used know. to be the case. In the, initial, in the initial sub rule a decade ago, yeah, that was allowed. Yeah. So if we look at it from a logical point of view, we've got four on the bench. With the prevalence of concussion now, and I think injuries in general, your bench is tested like it hasn't been tested before. So I think we need to make concessions or adjustments to better support players. And one of those would would be to allow, with concussion, no other rule. And I don't think... Of course, someone will say, oh, yeah, well, you might manipulate it and use it to your advantage. Let's move past that and go for health and welfare. We saw with last week with Port Adelaide, and I'm sure some of the challenges were time relevant in what they were doing in assessing those players. If you can just activate your sub, away you go, and it just allows you a little bit more time and peace of mind to accurately assess those players. It seems a no-brainer for me to do. The other one for the Gold Coast Suns is Will Powell, a leg injury. The oh, club that looked awful. looked terrible. The club thinks it might just be ligament damage, not a break, but we're not sure yet. So that looked – I think he was on the green whistle as well. It was, immediately. Chase Jones – Ankle, wait for scans to determine whether it's ligament or bone at Adelaide. And Jack Henry with a foot, he was subbed out. It's the opposite foot that's caused him issues in the past. Geelong says nothing too serious, but again, he'll be pushing He'll be pushing it to play next week. The MRO, anything out of that? I know Brent Daniels was yes. reported on the spot for his hit on Jake Lloyd last night. Look, this will come down to whether Daniels elected to bump or not. Adam Kingsley said, or his opinion was that Lloyd slipped, and as a result, the um, contact was incidental. Um, if it's not careless, high contact and medium impact is a weak. I'm leaning towards this being a weak for Brent Daniels and the Giants might appeal. Uh, the other one is Williams on Redmond, which is a high bump, quite similar actually in that game at Marvel Stadium yesterday. Um, and, and I think he also gets a week here. I think Williams gets a week for that. And the other one is a dangerous tackle from Toby Bedford where he pinned one arm of Ollie Florent. He received a free kick for holding the ball, Toby Bedford, but there was head contact at the ground. I think this is a meat and potatoes from what we've seen this year, one week for Toby Bedford as well. So they're the three incidents that I think will be looked at by the MRO today. The AFL EGM Oof. role, is that making any movements? What's an EGM for those wondering? The executive general manager. This is the position that's going to sit below Andrew Dillon and above the footy boss. It's a new role with a large portfolio that's being created to take on some of Travis Old's position and some other responsibilities. Um, Brennan Gale, as Caro reported in The Age, is out, leaving Tom Harley, the CEO of the Swans, Simon Garlic at Freo, and Amit Baines as the other three. Now, Simon Garlick has previously said no publicly. I don't think the Dockers are keen for him to go. Tom Harley and Amit Baines have been more quiet. But it's interesting now because Gail was their number one, Sarah. They created the role for Gail. How they're going to fill this role in a timely fashion is very interesting. You would Now, Will Lay, because they tailored the role, guys, for Benny Gale, does that mean that it's a diminished role now that Benny Gale has elected not to go for it? No, we don't know that. No, The portfolio is large. Is that reasonable to suspect that that's the case or no, not could necessarily. be the same role? We don't know what Brendan Gale's reasons are, but he's going to be at Richmond for at least another year as Caro reported. Well, I saw that article and there was talk of perhaps Tasmania CEO in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there? For Brendan Gale. For the new club. Interesting. Yeah, which would make some sense. I mean, that's clearly a real passion of his. It may not work. And Tom, just quickly before we head to the break, you broke the Harry Himmelberg story during the week. It was reported as a five-year offer for the past few months. So what's happened? It became a six-year offer in the last 48 hours. An interesting thing between manager and club when it gets bumped up by 
a year and he signs straight away. So clearly they're holding off for that extra season. He'll be 33 when he comes out of contract, Harry Himmelberg. All right, that's been the News Whip with Tom Morris. <laughs> Very good indeed. Stick with us on Sunday Crunch Time. D's assistant Troy Chaplin and Hawks gun Dylan Moore to join us in the second hour.